0: Time to talk to a man. I hope has not forgotten that it's Valentine's Day with his beloved Matt Russell from Foxport, Australia. Joins us right now, a good mate of mine, and one of the good buggers too. Please tell me you didn't forget.
1: Kia ora, Stephen. I haven't forgotten, and you're an old romantic at heart. Playing that song as the lead-in and raising February fourteen, Valentine's Day.
0: Uh, okay, so was it roses, chocolates, or just a kiss and good morning?
1: I kiss him good morning. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> you are you, you are
0: romantic. You hey, nice to talk to you, Maddie. I know you were. You know, funnily enough, it seems the NRL is not too far away, and you you're straight into it. You did my doggies uh, you against Canterbury at the weekend. I gotta say, uh, is the Cameron Shireldo effect instant?
1: Have you printed the 2023 premiers the Canterbury Bulldogs T-shirts yet, Stephen? Because uh, I'm thinking one about trial, it. trial, <laughs> one trial in they look good. Reed Marnie gave them great direction early in the game. They've got some rising talent, haven't they? The likes of Jacob Kiraz, who really made a, a, a force last year. But then you had Viliami kick you out of the fact that they've got Burton and Addo Carr signed last year. So over a couple of seasons, they've added some real quality. Cameron Seraldo is a much-hyped coach, but the signs were really good on the weekend. Just one missed tackle. In the first half, can you believe that? That's stunning in any game, let alone a trial. So the signs were really good. You should be a very optimistic Canterbury fan, Stephen McIver.
0: Yeah, but I'm also mindful, too, that we get excited, and this is any footy fan, you can't read too much into pre-season. Or in the case of this, because are we we looking through rose-tinted glasses as far as Shirola is concerned?
1: Absolutely. You can't get carried away in trials. We've seen teams... Blitz the pre season in the past, then lose their first few games and vice versa, really struggle through the pre season like the Tigers did in game one against the Warriors, but somehow find their rhythm and and have a winning start to the season. So don't read too much into it, but that said, you you have to be excited by the way they've recruited. I think the way that the new coach carries himself and, and his length in the game at a really successful club in Penrith, and just what those new additions should be able to do to a club that you know did see some green shoots last year after winning just three games through 2020 and 21 there were seven wins last year that number will increase again i'm sure and i wouldn't be surprised if the dogs are, are knocking around finals contention in that last month of the fi- of the season,
0: Matt, I am glad that you mentioned Penrith because you got you know a former Cleary lieutenant in Sheraldo at the Dogs and a former Cleary lieutenant in Webster at the Warriors, both put on strong first starts in the preseason. But the one word that comes to mind from a coaching perspective, because we all know what Ivan is like, it, it, simplicity. Don't make this difficult. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's what the master coach, Wayne Bennett, has always done. You ask his players, former players now in the media, what was the key? And they say about Wayne Bennett, you know, really simple discussion, uh, plans, goals, just making it very, very simple. Not trying to get bogged down in uh, tactics or to prove his rugby league knowledge. Just keep it simple. And what about the Warriors first game? again, only a trial, but 48 points to 12. So they pick up the win points plus a bonus point for scoring all those tries. And, gee, there were some exciting performances. Luke Metcalf, I think, is yep. at the top of the list, Stephen. What did, what did you make of he and Tamare Martin knowing that Sean Johnson is going to come back into that halves combination you'd imagine? But, gee, I was impressed with Metcalf, who I must say didn't surprise me because I thought he was fantastic. As a fringe first grader there, at Cronulla.
0: It's it's going to take a while. Uh, Webster has already said that he's going to run to Marty Martin and the halves at this point in the season. So, understandably, Sean is your still your marquee player in the halves, right? The the Metcalf situation, if it continues, will put pressure on it. There there are many knockers of Sean Johnson, and the and the one word that always comes to mind with his performances, and you probably ask Cronulla fans the same thing, is consistency. Can he consistently mm-hmm. stay at a level that needs 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 to be all season to make them finals contenders. I mean, and then you've got uh, Chance Nickel at the back as well. So there, there are there are many options because we know Dylan Walker is going to be your perfect number fourteen. So that's one thing that is locked down. I don't know, man. I I, that Tigers outfit wasn't flash. Let's be blunt. It wasn't flash, and so I'm I'm reading zero into that performance. But some, some bad news for the Raiders in that game. Uh, I, I noticed that radio, uh, Xavier Fr- Savage out, fractured jaw out for eight weeks.
1: Yeah, he popped a head knock earlier on and was opened up, went off, got patched up, and then had what seemed to be a fairly innocuous cut to his mouth and left the field again but stayed off. And then the Fox League cameras caught him throwing his head back And covering his eyes with his hands in despair and we thought, oh hang on, he's been given some bad news there and sure enough it's a a fractured jaw that we believe will require surgery. So he might miss the first up to six weeks of the season. Now last year Ricky made Xavier Savage play through some niggles saying that you know, if you're going to be a regular first grader you've got to play banged up at times. And it was part of his development. He called it the fragility of youth, saying, no, stay out there. It's nothing serious. Learn to play through this. Well, he was never going to play through a broken jaw. And this is a far more significant uh, setback for Xavier. It's sad because you see Justin Ollum at yeah. Melbourne fracture his arm in week one of the finals, Xavier Savage. And Phil Gould said it well on social media. The game needs its best players out there. It's, it's horrible for any player. To get injured it's horrible for the fans when a high profile star gets injured and Xavier Savage Justin Olin are certainly that
0: and throw in Reese Walsh I read just now potential fractured yeah. eye socket won't need surgery but could keep him out of week number one what did you make though of uh, St Helens ahead of the World Club Challenge against Penrith gee they looked okay didn't they
1: I'm glad you said that, Stephen. A few people have said to me, look, they won't beat Penrith. There'll be no match against Penrith. They'll get whooped in the west of Sydney. And they may do. But I was impressed on a number of levels. Firstly, the accessibility to them, the way they treated the fans, both St. George Illawarra and their own fans travelling. They were just friendly, good guys. And they're not a big team uh, by NRL standards. You know, star players, Wellsby, and they're not... Big athletes, but they're super tough. And you know what struck me? They looked fit. They looked really ready to go, and they'll need to be because they played in temperatures of 24 degrees at kickoff in Wollongong last Saturday. This Saturday, coming in Penrith, it's scheduled to be about 40 degrees, Steve, oh. and that that's at six o'clock. I'm not talking. I'm not talking mid afternoon. It's meant to be nearly 40 degrees come kickoff. So. The NRL has already said we're going to have quarters and allow a 20-minute drinks break. There's going to be uh, player squads of 18 rather than 17. We will allow the trainers to run more water out than we normally would. But I don't know whether there's some more news to come in this area because is it is it really safe to have uh, elite athletes playing in what will be brutal conditions, albeit with slightly changed rules, um, at this stage of the preseason, season a discussion that has to be had. I don't mean to be um, a downer on this World Cup challenge that I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to it, but is it right that we ask the Panthers and St Helens to play footy if the temperatures
0: feel well, so, forty so, degrees at no, kickoff? You make a really good point because at the Australian Open they had they have basically a a temperature lip setting of you know like Defcon one, Defcon two, Defcon three, and it got to thirty seven degrees at the Open and they were pulling people off court. They're saying, nope, too hot to play. So is there a lack of duty and care by the NRL here? You may have to ask that question. The question I do want to ask you, and Maddie, I know you can't look at every game across a weekend, but the Dolphins, you know, early, early start, 22 all with the Cowboys. Is that an encouraging sign, or we just, is it lull us into a false sense of security?
1: No, it's encouraging. It, it was their first outing against NRL opposition. They had played a week earlier against a Queensland Cup team in a a, a game that was a scrimmage, I suppose, Mm. essentially. So this was their first real stake in the ground. And to come out 22-all against a Cowboys team that as a club performed outstandingly well last year, I think that was the first step towards saying, well, we're not going to win more games than we lose perhaps next season. But in our first year, we are going to say to everybody... This is our culture. We're going to fight to the end. We're going to try hard. And we're going to make sure that we set ourselves up for decades to come by from the very outset saying we're not going to be easy beats when they perhaps could have been. And you go through their team list, not a lot of well-known players in the Dolphins. But I go no further than the gentleman who played with Parramatta last year and, and hurt his uh, knee but just led magnificently Ray Stone who was yeah. the ultimate competitor for the Dolphins ultimately who was forced off with that badly cut head but if that's what we're going to get from Ray Stone and the Dolphins this season then you won't be able to take your eyes off the Dolphins or fear that you will slip up and lose a game you're expected to win
0: yes but there was some sort of slight controversy uh the big dog uh Gordon Tallis has come out and said why, why wasn't Wayne there Why did he hand his his young squad to Christian Wolfe and Nathan Fien?
1: I understand what Gordy's saying there in that it is an historical moment for the Dolphins, their first uh, trial against NRL opposition. I also have some sympathy for the Dolphins in that Wayne every year gives his assistants the right to lead their pre-season trials. He stayed in Redcliffe to oversee a a 7am training session with his NRL regulars on Monday morning. Um, I just think... If I'm being honest, I think it would have been nice for Wayne to break his traditions in the past and say, well, we're on TV for the first time. This is our first NRL hit-out, albeit trial. I'm just going to be seen there to make sure that it has the necessary... Um, elements that that occasion deserved, uh, but uh, but we know Wayne. He's stubborn. He'll stick with his way. He certainly won't be pressured by what Steve McIver or Matt Russell say. <laughs> and he said, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay in Brisbane.
0: No fair play. Look, I, I know you're across a lot of things. So I, I wonder, do you have an opinion? On, and where are we at with the collective bargaining agreement? And uh, is there still talk of players boycotting round one, or has it gone to bed now?
1: I think it's going to bed quickly, in fact, into a deep sleep pattern, Stephen, because today we've had a breakthrough with uh, the NRLW competition um, reaching agreement to terms, let's put it that way. There's still some I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed, but the women seem to have locked away their agreement for the next five years. And while there will always be criticism of the NRL for not giving the women more, I think they've given the women a significant increase on where they have been, and they've done so in a sustainable manner. Um, And I hope that the women are happy with it. I'm sympathetic to the fact that they're going to play an um, 11-week competition next year. Um, So that's a lot for the girls to say, Okay, well, I'm not going to earn enough out of rugby league to make it my career. I've got to get another job. Then if you have another job, how can you go to your boss and say, look, I I need um, sort of best part of 20 weeks off because I've got a seven-week preseason, nine regular season rounds, two weeks of finals. Um, Does it leave them in no man's land a little bit? Um, That's a question for greater minds than mine. I I love what they've done. I know that the NRL, I think, is, is really trying to help and support them and they've landed in the same square, importantly, this morning. So I think you'll see now the um, collective bargaining agreements for both the NRL and NRLW really accelerate and be ticked off on before round one. I don't think we'll see any strikes or any sort of industrial action from this point forward.
0: Did the NRL drop the ball on this one? And are you are you proud of someone like Clint Newman for saying, hang on a minute, no, this is not what this is about, and call them out and make sure that the players were being looked up? Because it wasn't about the money issue, it was about a lot of other things
1: a lot of things, especially when it came to NRLW in terms of you know pregnancy leave and, and well-being and looking after them post-retirement and leave regarding caring for um, infants, etc. Et it gets very complicated when you go from a collective bargaining agreement catering just for men to also incorporating females and, and their needs. Mm. So I'm very proud of, look, oh, this sounds like I'm fence-sitting, but I'm sort of proud of both sides. I'm, I'm proud that Clint Newton has really stood his ground. I'm pl- glad that the players have found their voice and been willing to put their head up in front of a microphone and speak strong and stand strong. I'm also proud of the game for saying, well, we've got to come up with a CBA that's sustainable. It's not going to leave the game broke in five years. Um, so we need to put our case forward. And I think for the most part, it's been done very respectfully. It's been done largely confidentially. And I, I think that I'll look back on it and say that we're pretty happy with what we got both sides and we did so by maintaining an element of class along the way what is that is that Accurate? Do you feel, Stephen?
0: Uh, I, I just think you know an organisation shouldn't have allowed itself to get into the position of it becoming public that the uh, Cl- the Clinton Newton and the Players Association had to then go public and so say, "Hang on, you can't start announcing things when the agreement isn't resolved." I think I think it was yeah. a I think it was a black tick on behalf of the NRL, and we shouldn't continually be looking for black ticks for this sport. That's all.
1: Yeah. Yep, no, that's fair enough. You know, I was speaking with St. Helens the other day and they were in town a little bit, um, not upset, but just a little bit miffed that they hadn't really been uh, officially welcomed. There hadn't been a lot of love from the NRL. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, Andrew Abdo and Peter Volandis, who also looks after racing, of course, that they have a lot on their plate all the time. Um, And it's very hard to keep everyone happy all the time. They're probably trying to prioritise a a list of um, uh, jobs, in some sort of order, and somewhere along the line, all someone's yep. going to be upset or out of place. But tough gig, that's why they paid the big bucks.
0: Yep, and it's the great game of rugby league. So so I can replay this somewhere down in October of 2023. Who's your pick?
1: <laughs> why can't Penrith win at three in a row? I know that's boring, but yeah. over the last couple of years, they have done so in absolutely outstanding fashion in terms of that record-winning streak and, and just... Dominating defensively and attacking. So my point is, even though they've lost players, they've got such a buffer, I think, between them and the rest of the competition that as long as they bring a couple of others through, I expect them to be there on grand final day. And if they throw the right (laughs) sort of punches, three in a row.
0: Okay, I'd like to have the great redemption and be happily sitting in the doghouse barking loudly. There you go.
1: If you make the finals, you'll be barking, surely.
0: <laughs> you bet. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, Matt Russell. Happy Valentine's yes, Day. Uh, a little bit, Any you know, time. maybe some chocolates and a nice you know, a nice uh, rosé might go down well tonight.
1: Absolutely. You can go and pick a rose somewhere and dream that it's <laughs> sent from me. Okay? <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of roses uh, all yeah. the way to... I hope you're okay over there. Yeah. I know the weather's been dire for a while. and
0: There are I've a lot of people really suffering, mate. Uh, we, we, spoke to our yeah. chief, we spoke to our chief weather scientist today. Uh, the weather is clearing, but now there is a lot of suffering from areas that have been hit, particularly on the east coast uh, and the northern parts of the North Island. So there's, uh, it's looking better, but there's a lot of pain still go through, and we're thinking of those people. And, well, th- and thank you for thinking of them, mate.
1: Now, let me tell you, during my time in New Zealand, you've been the most wonderful host, beautiful people. And, and let me tell you, everyone in Australia was concerned when you had those recent floods, and likewise at the moment. So stay safe. We're thinking of you, and I hope that sport is just a little bit of a distraction in coming weeks from these weather difficulties. Good on you, Stephen.
0: Thank you, mate. Manny Russell, one of the good buggers.